Um, before I begin the sermon this morning, I just want to uh, <clears throat> touch on the subject real quick. Uh, I want to touch on a touchy subject real quick. Guess what Tuesday is? <laughs> Election day. Does it need to be said, or should it go? Does it should, should it have to be said? What uh, since we're Americans, that we have the the uh, opportunity, the right. And the responsibility to vote. And uh, this this last week we had a I had an opportunity. We we were in uh, Des Moines, Iowa, for a few days, and we were praying uh, with a number of folks from around the country. And the focus of the prayer meeting was uh, first of all for the church, secondly for the country, and thirdly for the world. Um, Needless to say, the, uh, the uh, bulk of the time was spent praying for the church. The reason being is, as the church goes, so does the world. If the church is weak, then, the, then everything around it is going to be weak. If the, the church is, is impotent, then the world is lost. The, the focus of the kingdom of God, as the kingdom of God is not limited by borders. God is not only interested in America. His kingdom is a world kingdom. It's a, it's a universal kingdom. It's, it's not just one country. But guess what? We live here. And being living here, we have a responsibility to... to uh, live our lives to to do all the things that we do whether it's we go to school whether we go to work whether we raise a family or whether we vote everything we do should be in a godly thought through manner on purpose just like getting up tomorrow morning and going to work you should go to work seeking what god's kingdom's plan is what god's kingdom plan is and as we do that, then we can, uh, we can know that we're serving God's plan no matter where we are and what we're doing. But we don't live in a world anymore where, where at least we don't live in a country, praise God, where our, our rulers are chosen for us from an outside force. So this last week we were praying and we, we got to praying about... Our country, and especially about the election coming up. And as we started to pray, the Holy Spirit spoke something to my heart. And I want to share that real quick. It's not going to take very long. But it's, it, I, as I began to pray, I was like, that, that it just it seems right to me. Now, you might want to say this could be just my opinion. So if, you, if, it's, if it sounds like my opinion, read the bulletin or something. You'll spend more time. You'll, you'll, you'll have a better time. But, if there's any shred of Holy Ghost in it, take it for what it's worth. Amen? What the Holy Spirit spoke to me was, our problem is not our president. Our problem is not our governor. Our problem is not the senators and the congressmen and the mayors and the... The problem is sin. And that sinful people do sin. And people with, I mean, even Christians sin. So there you go. So we'll start there. But if you, if you have a person who's not born again, they don't have a moral standard by which they do moral, morally upright things on purpose. Now, they might be a moral person on their, in their own right. And that's, that's neat. Wonderful. But they're still lost. And why would, we, why would we be shocked and dismayed when unholy people do unholy things? So when the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, he goes, the problem is not our government. Our government is a, is a reflection of the heart of America. Now, I'm not saying it's right, obviously. I don't like it. 
I don't, I don't like the direction our country has been going. I'd love to see it change. But elected officials are just that. They're elected. They're not placed in, in place by uh, a, 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 or a, a victorious army. That's the way it used to be. When Jesus was on the earth... The Roman government was an invading army, a, a, an outside force, and they came in by force. And Paul even said, pray for your government. Pray for those that rule, that rule over you. So how much more should we pray for those who rule over us, especially since we as a nation put them there? But if they're elected, if they're not you know, if they didn't get there by, by force, if they didn't get there by winning a war, or they didn't get there by whatever, all those other means that people used to get into power by, if they got there because they were elected, and they're because they were elected by unholy people, by a majority of unholy people, why would we be surprised that they're unholy? The problem is a heart issue. America's problem is a heart issue. America's problem is that it chases after things that, that are unholy. And until that changes, it'll never change. It's the church's job. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Baptizing those in the name of Jesus Christ. When people are saved, <gasps> They start making different choices. Isn't that amazing? When they're led by the Spirit of God, oh, check it out. They start doing things by the Spirit of God. I believe the main focus that we as the church should have is to win souls. I didn't hear a rousing cheer on that one. Okay, let's try this again. I believe that the main focus of the church should be to win souls. Amen. Quit it. You missed it the first time. You don't get a second chance on that one. Maybe at a later date, okay? I'll give you another chance. See, and that's the problem. If we want, our, if we want our, our world around us to change, then it has to be one heart at a time. It has to be by people getting saved. That's not popular. We want to do it some other way. We want to we think that somehow, if we get the right person in the right office, that they're going to legislate all sin away. I know this isn't popular. I figured I was going to take everybody off here at some point in time. But truth is truth, eh? Truth is truth. People need Jesus. People need Jesus. And until the church focuses on that. Why, why have we gotten to where we are today? It's because the church a hundred years ago dropped the ball. And then 99, well, you know, probably was anywhere from 100 to 200 years ago, and then 100 to 99 down to, you know, today. The church hasn't been doing what the church is supposed to do, preaching the gospel to all creatures. So, Tuesday morning, though, here's the deal. You're responsible for you. Someday you'll stand before God, and he'll say, how did you vote in the election on No. <laughs> I don't know. He may. I don't, I don't know. He's God. He can ask whatever question he wants. But the reality of it is, we're responsible for what we do. We're responsible every day for what we do for today. So Tuesday, as an as a American citizen, praise God we get to vote. Praise God we get a say. Because there are countries, I mean, I was just talking to Pastor Pavel yesterday morning. They don't get a say. 
Oh, I mean, they, they say they get a say, but they don't get a say. Friends of ours, people we love and care about, live in places where they are told this is the way your life is going to be every moment of every day. What you can do and what you can't do. Praise God we live in a country where there's freedom. Let's keep it. Let's keep what we have and gain back what we've lost because we've lost. I was talking to somebody yesterday and and the thought crossed my mind that my kids don't live in the same world that I did 25 years ago. Now, I've always voted correctly, so it's not my fault. But, okay, I'm joking. I just, I don't know. But it is our responsibility. It takes about, what, 10 minutes to vote? So spend an hour and a half. We're going to talk about praying in the Spirit today. Praying in tongues. We're gonna, so spend an hour and a half to pray in tongues about what you should do and go vote for 10 minutes tomorrow or Tuesday. Vote early and often. Tomorrow's fine. <laughs> but follow the Holy Spirit. Amen? And do what God leads you to do. Do what God tells you to do. Do what God shows you to do. Amen. My name is John Neitzel, and I approve of that message. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1. This has been the long-awaited Year of doctrine, week 25, importance of praying in the Spirit. Does anyone need a sheet? Because they were handed out last week. So I see about, do you have some there? Pastor Greg, can hand, can, uh, he can print them out real quick. About 10 it looks like, about 10 or so. So he's going to print those out real quick. Thank you. For those of you who brought them and, and are... Conserving on paper, you're such a blessing. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse 4. And this is, we're talking about the infilling of the New Testament believers with the Holy Ghost, that how God filled them then should be a, a pattern of how he does it today. How God has done it in the past can be a pattern. It isn't the only way he does things. And just as as individual as Jesus was when he did miracles uh, throughout his ministry on the earth, God can do whatever he wants, however he wants, wants, whenever he wants. And the one thing we can't do is to put God in a box. So, in the first chapter of Acts, just before Jesus ascended, we see this scene. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5 says this, And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now, I apologize for the King James Versioneth, but... What I basically did, have you ever seen the, the booklet, the, the, the pamphlet, uh, why, or, uh, why Tongues? Have you ever seen that booklet? It's a booklet put out by Kenneth E. Hagan. And uh, basically I have uh, researched and, and duplicated it. R&D, re- rip off and duplicate. And uh, why, why redo something that is excellent? And so um, have used that uh, track, that booklet, to talk about why tongues. Because, like we said last week, you know, tongues is different. Tongues is weird, okay? Tongues is outside of the norm. It is supernatural. And when we talk about uh, doctrine, we want things that are solid and, and, and doesn't, isn't weird. We want things that we can stand on, things that don't move. Well, the doctrine of tongues doesn't move either. It just, it's different than what 
anything we talk about from from now on, like I said last week, is going to be different and weird. It's going to be supernatural. And anytime you're dealing with the supernatural, it's going to be different. Because this is natural. Speaking in tongues is supernatural. And if, if something like that happens outside of the box of what you're used to, you can go, oh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, that's weird. And so we want to lay out the scriptural references and the scriptural idea of why, why did the Holy Spirit do it this way? So on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Speaking with tongues is not just it isn't the holy spirit the holy spirit is a being the holy spirit is a person the holy spirit is one one third of the god speaking in tongues is not the holy spirit it's from the holy spirit it's a gift that is imparted by the holy spirit but it is not just the holy i mean do you see what i'm saying here it's not, it is not the, oh, I see you have the Holy Spirit because you're speaking in tongues. When we talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit, for years, many different denominations, many different groups said that speaking in tongues is the first proof or the first, uh, or the first uh, initial evidence of speaking or of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't believe that. By the scriptures, I don't believe that. I believe that we, have, we know we have received the Holy Spirit because the Bible says in Matthew, if you ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, he will give him to you. The first initial evidence that you are filled with the Holy Spirit is by faith. Just like it, we receive everything else, it's by faith. We receive by faith. Lord... I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. If we ask, he does it. It doesn't matter what happens around you. Some people think, well, I asked God to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but I didn't speak in tongues. I must not have been. That is a wrong thought. That's not true. The truth is, if you ask... Matthew, I think it's, uh, somebody find it for me if you can find the reference real quick. I just saw it in my notes. It's either Matthew 7 or Matthew 11. Not sure which, or some other part in Matthew, but. I'm in good company. Paul wrote one time. It's somewhere in the Bible that says this. So I can do the same thing. Find it for me, yell it out. People can write it in their notes. When we ask the Holy Spirit, I've talked to many people over the years, who have said, well, I, I asked to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I, you know, People laid hands on me, people prayed, and nothing happened. Well, nothing physically happened, nothing, woo, bells and whistles and trumpets and angels spinning around and all those kind of crazy things. But if you ask, the same way, when you got saved, did anything physically happen to you? Didn't for me. When I, when I asked God to forgive me of my sins... I had to take it by faith. That's how we know we're saved. Otherwise, if, if there was some kind of, a, of, a, of an indicator, you know, a little, a little buzzer goes off on the top of your head, saved, 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 oh, good, whew. No, we have to believe it by faith. Same thing with tongues. I've talked to many people who said, well, I, got, I may have gotten filled with the Holy Spirit, but I don't speak in tongues. That's all, or I, I, they don't speak in tongues. That may be true, or they say, I can't, I, I can't speak in tongues. That's not true. It's one of the things I want to talk about this morning. Scripturally, we'll see that when people were filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in other tongues. Some right away, some later. It, isn't, it is not something that just automatically happens. Why do some people pray in tongues right away and some people don't? 
I don't know. It might have something to do with faith. Just so you know that I'm not pushing anybody's button, when I received the Holy Spirit, I didn't pray in the Spirit right away. I think I shared that last week. It was many weeks of reading the Word, studying, listening to people talk, asking questions, when I thought, okay, I was finally convinced, it's by faith that I speak in tongues. And so I began to do it in a very secluded, safe place, usually in my car where nobody's around, struggling the whole time, going, ah, oh, is this God? Is this, you know? And then eventually, by, by continuing to be obedient to the Spirit of God, because the Holy Spirit would, would, would prompt me to pray in the Spirit, so I would keep doing it and just keep struggling with it until one day, as uh, Kenneth Hagin has said many times, I hit a gusher. I wish there was a more technical term for it. But it's like it just, you know, it talks about streams of living water flowing out of you. Yeah, I know what that's like. It's happened. It's happened many times. It happens most of the time now. Where I'll start out speaking in tongues and then forget that I'm even doing it as I'm doing something else and realize, hey, I'm still praying in the Spirit. You notice I keep interchanging speaking in tongues and praying in the Spirit as terms. You can do that. It does it in the scriptures. And you say, well, isn't there a difference between speaking in tongues and praying in the Spirit? If you, wanted, if you, if you, if you define speaking in tongues as a public uh, pro, pro, uh, pronunciation or a proclamation in tongues that needs an interpretation, yes. But we'll talk about that in a second. Let's stay with the notes. It'll be clearer and easier. So the events in the book of Acts cover numbers of years. It wasn't just a two-week period or a, or a one-week period that it takes you to read Acts. The book of Acts actually took years to go through. About eight years after the day of Pentecost, we see Philip carrying the gospel to the people of Samaria. Acts chapter 8, beginning with verse 5. It says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies, and, and that were lame, were healed. And that, were, and that was great joy, and there was great joy in that city. Verse 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So these people became believers. They, they got saved. They heard the preaching of the word. They, they saw the miracles that were being done that day or in those days, and they got saved. That's what just happened to them is they got born again. They got saved. And then... We're going to see in just a moment when we get down to verse 14, there's going to be more. These, uh, so these Samaritans believed and were baptized. Were they saved? Of course, they were, they were saved. So there, but there is an experience following salvation called receiving or being filled with the Holy Ghost. When the apostles at Jerusalem heard of the wonderful things that God had done through Philip's ministry in Samaria, they sent Peter and John to lay hands on the new converts that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 8, beginning with verse 14 now. So we're going down two more verses. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were came down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Verse 16. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. So that's, this ties in with what we talked about before, that the receiving of the Holy Spirit is, a, is another event. I don't want to say it's a separate event. Because many people get born again, saved, and filled with the Holy Ghost in the same few moments. And that's good. Praise God. That's even better. Why, why wait? Why, why not just, as long as somebody is open to the things of God, keep right on going? 
So, now someone who, uh, some who object to speaking in tongues argue that the Bible doesn't mention the Samaritans spoke in tongues when they received the Holy Ghost, but it doesn't say that. Students of church history know that the early church fathers agree they did speak with tongues in Samaria, and it also seems apparent from this passage that they did, because verse 18 and 19 says this, And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. That's Simon, not Simon Peter, but Simon the sorcerer. Remember this, uh, the guy who was following the disciples wrong? He actually became a believer. He actually believed in Jesus. And, but he saw that when the apostles laid hands on him, something happened. Something changed. I've laid hands on a lot of people to receive the Holy Spirit. And there's only one way that I can see... That's something, you know, by faith, obviously I believe they did, because they asked. But there's only one way that I can see that something happened. And it's never been by lights and trumpets and all the other stuff. It's because they immediately started speaking in, in other tongues. By someone not doing that, I don't know for sure. I mean, I know they did because the word says they did, but there's no outward sign, something that I can see. Well, they saw, according to these verses, that they received the Holy Spirit. Cornelius's house, Acts chapter 10, verse 44. We're going to hit a bunch of verses. Why? Because it's not my opinion, as opposed to earlier statements, it's not my opinion. It is biblical. Let's go, let's go with biblical all as much as we possibly can. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. While Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Spirit fell on them, which uh, which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. So the people that were with uh, Peter were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Jews was also poured out the gift of the Holy, Holy Ghost. For they heard them speaking with tongues and magnifying God. So how did they know that they had been filled with the Holy Spirit? Because they started speaking in tongues. Stop. Let's just stop there for a moment. Let's clarify what we're talking about here. What is tongues? Tongues is a spiritual manifestation of the Holy Spirit, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, just like healing, just like workings of miraculous powers, just like uh, words of knowledge, words of, words of uh, wisdom, all the different gifts, which we'll talk about in weeks to come. Actually, we're going to finish up the rest of this year hitting the, the gifts of the Spirit and some other things, uh, closing out this, this uh, year of teaching on doctrine. It is a manifestation. What's a manifestation? Hi, I am a manifestation of John. I'm here. I'm, you can see me. You, can, you, you can't smell me, praise God, but you can touch me. You can, you can hear me. You can, it's a man, it's some, something came into the real world that was an idea or a concept or, or something from a spiritual world. We don't see the Holy Spirit every moment of every day. I've never seen the Holy Spirit. He is a spirit. But I can see the workings or the manifestation of the Holy Spirit by things that happen. <clears throat> Someone speaking in tongues, someone being healed, someone giving uh, a word of knowledge that's true, that's accurate, that changes things, so on and so forth, manifestations. Speaking in tongues is one of them, one of a number of them. Like I say, we'll talk about that. <clears throat> but tongues, actually, let me just say it this way, all of the manifestations of the, the Spirit, all of the gifts of the Spirit, are for all believers. As the Spirit wills. As the Spirit wills. You know, there may be somebody uh, who needs prayer for healing right now. But I can't just walk over to them, pray for them, and they'll be healed instantaneously right then and there. Why? Because the gift of healing or the, the, the manifestation of healing isn't present. Remember, Jesus said that. He couldn't heal many. because the, 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 Or he, it says that he could heal some because he could sense that the, that the power to heal was evident or was there. So the Holy Spirit leads. Through the gifts of the Spirit, he manifests himself into the world. 
It is a language that you don't know, you didn't learn. How many of you know another language here? You guys, do you guys know another language? <laughs> I could have Pastor... <laughs> uh, GA wants me to know, wants you guys to know that he knows English. Uh, but if Pastor Luis stood up right now and began to speak, is, there, is, is El Salvadorian different than Spanish? It's, it's different, there's dialects, there's, there's differences. In, oh, that's huge. Yeah. <laughs> but if he were to start speaking in Spanish, those of us who don't understand Spanish would have no idea what he was saying, even though he was being very fluent. Tongues is not a known language. It's something you didn't learn, but the Holy Spirit gives you to pray through you in a way that God wants you to pray leading of the holy spirit how do you learn that language you don't you only follow what the holy spirit gives you to say you start opening your mouth and you begin to speak you say something every time that we see uh, an example that is written down in the new testament of someone speaking in tongues it's always audible it's a voice that they speak out. People have asked me, and here, here's where, you know, love me, in case you have a different way of looking at it. But scripturally, the only thing I can see scripturally is this answer. People ask me, can you pray in the Spirit in your mind and not make sound? Scripturally, I'm going to have to say no. Because it's every time we see it in the New Testament or hear about it, they're speaking. There's, they're, it's, it's, a, it's a language that they speak out. Most people, when they get filled with the Holy Spirit and they start speaking in tongues, all, at some point in time are going to go, I have no idea if this is real or not. Well, that's where faith comes in. By, by praying in the Spirit by faith, you're saying, God, I trust you that what's coming out of my mouth is your language is what you're saying through me to the to in this prayer in this praise or even to this person now there have been many documented officially documented cases of people who were praying in the spirit and didn't know what they were saying had never learned that language but someone who heard it actually understood what they were saying Acts is a, is a perfect example of it. Acts chapter 2. It says that the people that were there at the festival heard them speaking in all of their own native languages and they understood what they were saying. And, they, and what were they doing? They were praising God. There's a whole book. If you, how many of you have ever heard or read the book and they spoke in other tongues? Wow. We need to get those books back into the, into the church. I mean, that's, that's something I cut my teeth on in the 70s, 80s. It's still available. Go to, to go to Amazon. You can still buy that book. And they spoke with other tongues. It was a guy who set out. He was a reporter who set out to disprove the phenomenon of tongues. And he went and he would record people praying in the Spirit. And, and he would question them. And then he would, he would take linguists who would listen to, to, to these people praying in other, in other tongues. And he set out to disprove it because it was weird. And by the end of his, his book that he wrote, he was speaking in other tongues. Because linguists said, no, they're speaking a language. We may not know that, but it, but it has all of the building blocks of a language. Even though n nobody in the room understood that person, the linguists were going, no, that's a language. Or people who actually knew the language heard it, documented it, as this guy was studying it out, going, yeah, that's such and such a language. Only, only 40 people in the world speak that language. I know per people personally who have spoken other tongues in a language they didn't know and actually ministered to the person they were talking to. I know a man that was in, in the Philippines years ago, and he was praying. This little girl asked him to pray. He prayed over her a prayer in the spirit because he didn't know what to pray, so he prayed in tongues. And she smiled real big and started speaking in her native language. And he goes, I'm sorry, wait, 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 I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. And she goes, oh, that's funny. Yes, you do. 
He goes, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're saying to me. She goes, well, of course you do. You just prayed in my language. He had prayed over her in her language. She understood every word of it. We have a friend in, in Belarus, Pastor Ernst. Pastor Ernst is a, if you want to see a, a man of God on fire. He was, he was, he we had gone to China to be a missionary in China, and he didn't speak Chinese. And he was frustrated because if he doesn't witness to people on a regular basis, it just drives him nuts. So one day he tells his wife, he says, I'm going to go out and I'm going to witness to somebody and I'm not coming back till somebody gets saved. In China, not knowing the language. So he gets in, the, in, the, in, a, in a taxi and as he's driving along, he pushes a track through the, the slot in the, in the taxi window and he starts speaking in tongues. He starts speaking in tongues. The driver pulls over and prays and starts weeping, starts praying. Pastor Ernst led the guy to the Lord, speaking in tongues in Chinese, in a language he never learned. The guy got saved. He's done that twice. Once, I guess, was on the wall of China, wasn't it? I think he was, they were visiting the wall of China and he did it. There's, so there is documented evidence that even though you don't know what you're saying, that you're saying something. So, believers throughout the Bible were filled with the Holy Spirit. In the 15 minutes I have left, I want to talk about why we want to speak in tongues. Turn to page 6 of your notes. Here are 10 reasons. There's probably more. But here's the 10 that were in the the booklet. First of all, tongues is a sign. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Word of God teaches that they were filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke with other tongues, and it was an evidence of the sign of the Holy Spirit. That is a sign. It is a sign to those that understand. It is a sign to those that understand what is being said in a service or, or in, a, in a witnessing opportunity or wherever it might be. It is a sign. It was a sign. Everybody I've talked to that has done that and somebody understood what they said, it was a sign to them that what I'm saying is the Holy Spirit. Years ago, when I was a lot uh, more naive and also a lot more cocky about the things of the Spirit, I was in a prayer meeting one night. And in this prayer meeting was this guy who, you know, I mean, when I, you know, being the guy that I was at that time, I didn't think he was very spiritual. Actually, I thought he was kind of annoying. Praise God that God is, you know, continuing to change me. And as we were praying that night, people started praying in the spirit because it was a prayer meeting. It wasn't, it wasn't a church service. You know, somebody, oh, let me just stop here real quick. Somebody might say, well, why don't we pray in the spirit in our services all the time? Because the Bible says, unless somebody is, can interpret it, if there's, some, if there's a guest, if somebody comes in who doesn't understand what you're doing, it's just weird. It doesn't make any sense to them. It'd be better to preach, use the time you have to preach, let them hear the gospel, and then move on. But in a group of believers where it is the focus to pray or to, to you know, in a believer's meeting, it's okay to pray in the Spirit. So we were all praying together, and there's this guy sitting over here who's praying in the Spirit. And the whole time, he's, he's doing this. And I'm thinking, what a goofball. I'm thinking, okay, that's just weird. And I wish he would stop that. Because he's, all he's doing is he's, he's drawing attention to himself. And he's weird, okay? And I never said it, praise God. But I thought it in my head. God, that's just weird. Knock it off. Well, that next week I was home and nothing going on. And so I turned on TV and there was a, a documentary on of an of a, uh, indigenous tribe in the middle of the Amazon or the Africa or somewhere. Somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. And it says, and these people have the most delightful uh, language that they speak. <laughs> And I'm, I'm going, oh my goodness. That's what he was... Pr I, I repent. It's amazing how God can, can humble us 
as quickly as he wants to. That was also one of those times where I realized, hey, my tongue ain't half as bad as that. Okay, I can, I'm okay with this now. But it's a sign. Reason number two. Tongues, when we speak in tongues, we, we are spiritually edified. We are spiritually edified. Edified means, it means to charge up, to, to, to like recharge a battery. 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, or charges himself up. We get built up. I know that praying in the Spirit, when I pray in the Spirit, for whatever amount of time, but especially when I pray in the Spirit for long protracted periods of time, that it, it charges you up, it builds you up, it edifies you. You're having a bad day, and you have a half-hour commute from work to home, pray in the Spirit. It will charge you up. You'll walk in and you'll go, I can't even remember what was wrong. Or you don't care. It edifies you, it builds you up. Reason number three. Tongues remind us of the Spirit's indwelling presence. John 14, 16. Jesus was praying. He says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but we ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Hey, some days, that was the only proof that I was still saved. To me. I'm not saying to anybody else, but I come through the day and I've been beaten up one way or another and I start praying in the Spirit. It's like, okay, Holy Spirit, you're still there. But it just, it's an inward witness that the Holy Spirit is indwelling in you and flowing through you. It's a witness to you. Reason number four, praying in tongues is praying in line with God's perfect will. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. To me, now obviously all of these are important, all of these are awesome, all of these are, you know, this is why we should pray in the Spirit. But for me, that's the most important one for me. Because I don't know how to pray for people all the time. You know, and what I mean by that is, okay, somebody comes in and says, can you pray for me for this? Yeah, that may be what they want prayer for, but what's the Holy Spirit really want prayed out? I don't always know, because not everybody's desire is God's will. And so as a pastor, I don't just, okay, I'll pray whatever you want me to pray, because I'm not going to pray something contrary to the will of God. And I don't know, so many times I'll just pray in the Spirit. I'll just start praying in the Spirit, and I'll pray for a while. I may never know what the perfect will of God is, but I trust, because that's what the Word says, I just prayed out the perfect will of God in the Spirit. If you don't know about somebody else's situation, you just heard this morning, this morning we just found out that, uh, um, sorry, (laughs) I know. See, Linda Klett, for whatever reason, years ago, I got the name Betty stuck in my head. So every time I think of Linda Klett, I, she looks like a Betty, doesn't she? I've told her this. It's not like I'm talking behind her back. Linda Klett uh, was in the hospital last night. She, had, uh, she was having chest pains uh, again. And so they were releasing her this morning. And, um, but the, she has to go back in tomorrow for uh, EKG? What? Stress test, stress test. Well... We need to pray for her, okay? I don't know all the details. I don't know if it's, if it's acid reflux or if it's, you know, they don't know if it's acid reflux or if it's a heart attack or, and the doctors can't seem to figure it out. Well, how do we pray? I'm not a doctor. I don't know how to pray for that. I can pray, oh God, you know, heal her. Okay, great. But I think God wants to pray more specifically than that. 
And I'm not a doctor. I don't know specifically what's going on in her body, but God does. So if I yield myself to him, if I humble myself and say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put my faith that when I start to speak and, and, and tongues comes out, that you're going to pray through me the perfect will of God for Linda Clett. We can do that. We can all do that. It isn't just the pastor. It's, it's all believers can do that. You can pray in the Spirit. And when you do, you're praying out the perfect will. You're praying for your kids. There's times where I've prayed out the perfect will of God for my kids. Because I don't know what the perfect will of God is for my kids. But I'll start praying. I, I can tell you, I've, I've prayed very little in English for my children. I just have. I, ha I, haven't, I haven't prayed a lot in English. Because I don't want to say things over them that aren't God's will. But I've prayed a ton for them in the spirit. I'm asking God to move in their lives. I'm sure I am. Because the Bible, well, this is, beyond, this is down the road a little bit. We can ask God to, to tell us what we've been praying, or to tell us, what have, you, what have I been praying about? Interpret it for me. So many times I'll ask, Lord, what have I been praying for? And he'll give me the understanding of what I've been praying for, even though I don't know what it is, in knowledge, in, in, in human knowledge. But by the Spirit, I know. So I know I've been praying for them. But it's, I can trust, I can believe that it's the perfect will of God because it says it right here in 1 Corinthians 14. So, reason number five. Praying in tongues stimulates faith. Jude 20. But ye, beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So when you pray in the Spirit, somehow, supernaturally, I mean, I can't give you the formula of how it happens, but it says right there, that's, it just says, pray in the Spirit, pray in the Holy Ghost, and when you do, it'll build up your, your faith. I don't know about you. But in most situations, most things every day, I need my faith built up. And how do we do that? Well, there's two ways. One is read the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I hear, the, I hear in the natural I can read the word and my faith grows. But beyond that, I can, it says I can pray and my faith grows. So I'm going to do both. I'm not going to just lock into one and say, well, this one I'm comfortable with. And actually, after 29, 28, 29 years that I've been praying in the Spirit, I don't know, I'd, let's go for the tongues. That I, know, that I know for sure is the Spirit of God. I'm in the Word, but, I, but for sure I know that I'm going to be built up and quick. Number six, speaking in tongues, a means of keeping free of worldly contamination. If you pray in the Spirit, I can almost guarantee you, you can't sin. I've done some, I've done some, some uh, studies, some uh, scientific studies. When I'm being tempted to do something, you start praying in the Spirit, I can't do it then. Glory to God. Now, so if you see me walking down the hallway praying in the Spirit, and going, well, he's trying, he's thinking about sinning again. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I need all the help I can get. Amen? And so do you. So do you. Number seven. Praying in tongues enables us to pray for the unknown. There's a couple of really cool testimonies in here. I'm not going to go through them. But absolutely. Praying in the Spirit, you can pray about things that you don't even know about. People you don't even know. Situations that you have no human ability to have understanding of. People that you'll be praying in the Spirit. And, and, and like I say, I've, many times I've prayed and said, Lord, what am I praying about? Who am I praying about? And he will tell me. But I'll be praying for something, and, and I have no idea what it's for, but then I find out later, this is what I was praying for. I'll give you a quick example. And this is the example I'll give you from my own life. This was a number of years ago, and I was driving, and I can tell you exactly where I was driving to. This was before, uh, you know, some friends of mine own, you know, own Dunn's Brothers. I was going to a different coffee shop, and, which I don't do anymore, ever, just a different coffee shop. 
But I was, going, I was going towards this coffee shop, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God tells me to start praying in the Spirit. So just being obedient as I'm driving, I start praying in the Spirit. And as I begin to pray in the Spirit, all of a sudden it becomes more, more and more and more strong. It becomes so strong that I realize I can't go out into public. I can't go to the coffee shop that I had planned on going to. So I drove around for a couple of hours praying in the Spirit. It got so strong that the Bible talks about that you start praying in groanings. There was, it was a deep, it was a deep intercession for something. I did not know what it was. And after a long period of time, I quit praying in the Spirit. It just, it stopped. When the Holy Spirit just, it, the, the anointing stopped, I stopped. Because I don't, I mean, I'm not going to do it just to do it. But it was powerful. The next day, it picked up again. And I prayed all day long in the Spirit. I mean, it was deep, I mean, powerful, just almost gut-wrenching. This went on for two weeks. Two weeks, every day, for a period of time, the Spirit of God would lead me to start praying in the Spirit. And I would pray in the Spirit, and as I prayed in the Spirit, not knowing what I was praying for, I had no idea what I was praying for. It would just, it would, it would get more and more intense, and then it would become relaxed. And then it would get more and more intense. And For two weeks, the Lord led me to pray in this way. After two weeks, I started going, Lord, what am I praying for? I mean, something is going on. And the Lord started to reveal to me, and what I kept hearing in my, in my natural mind was, someone feels like they're dying. Someone feels like they're dying. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, who, who am I praying for? Am I, you know, is, is this person actually dying? I don't know, but I know this is two weeks long that this intense prayer, intense praying in the Spirit, never once in English. I had no knowledge of what I was praying for, but I kept hearing, this person feels like they're dying. And I finally said, God, who is it? Who is it that I'm praying for? And he showed me who it was. And I said, can I call them? And he said, yes. And so I picked up the phone immediately. And I called them and I said, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Everything's wonderful. Everything's awesome. And I'm thinking, my goodness, have I, just, have I missed this? What is going on here? But the Holy Spirit says, keep, keep at it. Don't, don't, don't let them fool you. And I said, where are you right now? And they told me. They were down in southern Minnesota. They were 100 miles away. And I said, what are you doing? And they said, well, we're headed to such and such a town. I've got a meeting up there, but I was going to grab lunch on the way. I said, oh, that's great. I was headed in the same direction. How about I meet you for lunch? And we met halfway. And I sat down and we started having lunch. I said, how are things going? And the person goes, oh, things are great. Business has never been better. I've been making, we've been doing this. We've been doing that. We're making all kinds of money. I think this is going to be our best year ever. I'm thinking, man, did I miss this? We keep talking, and finally the conversation goes on, and, and it kind of dies off and gets quiet. And I said, so, how's it going? And the person goes, oh, it's wonderful. He says, the wife and kids, oh, they're awesome. Everything, they're doing great in school. Everything's fantastic. It's awesome. Life is great. Nothing wrong. Everything's great. Kind of dies off. And I looked at him, and I said, so how's it going? And immediately his face changed. And he got angry. And he goes, you're not going to let up on this, are you? I said, nope. I said, what's going on? And he looks at me and he says, John, I feel like I'm dying inside. I feel like I'm dying inside. The same words the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Continued to talk to him for a long time, minister to him. But that's why you pray in the Spirit. When, God, when you can have opportunity to pray. Sometimes you're praying for yourself. Sometimes you're praying for your kids. Sometimes you're praying for, you know, you're just praying to be praying. I mean, there's times where I, where I pray in the Spirit and, and I have no ulterior motive other than just to pray in the Spirit. But there are times when you're praying for things that really matter. And you don't, you just, by faith, you do these things by faith. Never once in that period of time did I understand a word that I said in that tongue. 
But God was doing exactly what he wanted to do. And I was able to pray for somebody that I had no idea what was going on in their life. Because by everything on the outside, everything was fine. Everything's just fine. Number eight, praying in tongues gives spiritual refreshing. Number nine, in tongues we give thanks. They were saying at the, at the day of Pentecost that they heard them praising God and giving thanks, worshiping God in their language. And then number 10, speaking in tongues brings the, other tongue, brings the tongue under subjection. I'm still working on that one. We have a scripture that says that, but I'm still working on it. Just to let you know, can't tell you that that one's uh, mastered or anything, but it's better than it used to be. There's things that I can't say anymore in the natural. There's things that I don't confess. Things I still am human, and I'm still... But pray in the Spirit. Many people have, have asked God to fill them with the Holy Spirit, but they don't believe they can speak in tongues. I believe that when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, scripturally, I believe that when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you can pray in other tongues. That doesn't mean you're going to get up and give a, a prophecy in tongues. Some people do. It does happen, but it's different. One is a ministry gift. The other is a personal prayer language that God gives you to, to, give, to, to benefit you in all of these different ways and many more. There's a scripture that Paul says, or there's a, 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 something that he says that I want to, to tell you, for, I want to say it from me too, is that I want all of you to pray in tongues more. I want all of us to pray in the Spirit more. When you're, in whatever situation you find yourself in, pray in the Spirit. Now, you might have to do it by faith. Get last week's tape when I talked about, you know, the, the struggle I went through and how, how God got me to where he was getting. It's by faith. You start speaking it out. You, you have to start, you have to form the words. God's not going to take your lips and start squeezing your face and make you say something. He's a gentleman. By faith, we, are, we do our part and we speak in another tongue. If you have never spoken in tongues, if you've never prayed in the Spirit, I want to pray with you this morning. I want to encourage you that this morning to take that step of faith, to step out. If you've never received the Holy Spirit, I want you to get filled with the Holy Ghost. So why don't everybody stand? If you've never received the Holy Spirit, first of all, you have to be filled, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Before you can do that, you must be born again. So let me give that invitation first. If you've never been born again, if you've never been saved, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this morning, you can receive him as your Savior. As You can become a member of the body of Christ a family member of the body of Christ, a part of his kingdom, out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. How do you do that? By faith. The word says you confess him as your Lord, believe it in your heart, and you will be saved. So it's a matter of, God, here's the deal. I need you. I've been messing up my life. I repent of my sin. I, re I, 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 I don't want to do that anymore. I want to live for you. Jesus, I believe what you did on the cross saves me from sin, saves, my, saves me from eternal damnation. Come into my life, Jesus. Fill me. Live in me. From this day forward, Jesus Christ is my Lord. And as we do that, the Bible says we're saved. It's by that confession of our mouth, the believing in our heart, confessing it with our mouth, and you shall be saved. So this morning, I want everybody to pray that prayer, whether you know, whether you're, have ever prayed it before or not. If you have never prayed that prayer, only if you want to, I want you to, to pray with us. But make it your own. Let's pray. Father God, I repent of my sin. I don't want to live that way anymore. Jesus, I believe what you did on the cross was for me. I believe that you died. 
and that you rose again. And that took care of the penalty of sin. Come into my life. Fill me. From this day forward, Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being in me. And that I'm in you and your kingdom. Amen. If that's the first time you ever prayed that, the Bible says you are born again, that you will not see punishment. You will not, and that you've entered into a family. Now there's a whole bunch of stuff to learn. All kinds of stuff to learn. But you're in. That's number one. Then, the Bible says you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. That it's a, it's a, a, a more of God. More of what he has for you. That you can ask the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of you. So we're going to do that right now as a group. Because the Bible also says be being filled. We don't just get filled once. We are, you know, in the, the King James, it sounds really funny to say it this way, but continue be being, being filled. Continue being filled. And so we can ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us. I do that on a regular basis. Lord, I need more of you. I need more of your spirit. Fill me again. So this morning, we're going to pray that. If it's the first time you've ever prayed it, then I encourage you to pray it from your heart. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. So let's pray that. Father God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need you. I ask that you fill me. That you baptize me in your Spirit. And I give you free, free reign. To live in me, to flow out of me, and to do whatever you want to do, God. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Right now in Jesus' name. Amen. If, you've, if that was the first time you ever prayed that, the Bible says you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you asked. Now by faith we begin to pray. Now, looking around the room, there's only one or two people I don't know. And so, you've heard me explain what we're doing here. This is, this is what being, praying in the Spirit is all about. I could tell you some more, but by faith, we're going to just take a few moments to pray in the Spirit together. And by faith, if you've never prayed in the Spirit, I encourage you. You don't have to shout. If you do, phew, have fun. But I encourage the ones who have spoken to be bold. Pray out Pray loud. I mean, not, don't, you know, pray. Pray out loud. Because not that we're teaching somebody how to, be, how to pray in the Spirit, but we are encouraging them that, hey, you're not weird. We're all, we're all in the same boat here. So by, by faith, let's pray in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. Esha membeso tombrata di kiri e le mendro mondrakato him e dramashondo no mentre kere la cara mendahim ire de tumo sholondro metre kere de mele pandro dovem isrembendro kosha la mandrahan idre kere de nondro botro moshimi ile bendono patre kere him bodre mendia taham de seder de boto him osha madola mendre kere de yetem asi mindri kura Shoromulamatihim, <laughs> 
Mene Mendohi, Lodro Kush Endara, Matra Het, Undre Mesre Kirre Lemum, Osorom Bondre Yetre Mi, Ukremendre La Paravim, Osorem Bendre Yetre Bot. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I encourage you. I encourage you that, that this afternoon even, spend some time praying in the Spirit, whether it's your first time or not. Pray in the Spirit. Pray often. The Holy, the, uh, Paul says, pray often in the Holy Spirit. Pray on a regular basis. Wake up in the morning while you're taking a shower. It is a perfect time to pray in the Spirit. While you're driving to work, it is a perfect time to pray in the Spirit. While you're changing diapers, it is a perfect time. Glory to God, it's a perfect time to pray in the Spirit. Anytime, in bed, if you can't fall asleep, start praying in the Spirit. Usually because I fall asleep right away when I start doing that, but... And you'll find out the more you pray in the Spirit, you'll even wake up in the middle of the night praying in the Spirit. Many times I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm praying in the Spirit. Wake up in the morning and I'm praying in the Spirit. It's, it, then I know it's not me. It's not me you know, making something up. It's not you making something up. So I encourage you to pray in the Spirit often, as much as you can. 